It's going to be a trialogue. You be in the middle. So Susan gets to spend every Sunday with Drew, a couple of hours, gets to know him that way. I bop down um, each Sunday as I can. And Robert, we're going to use the green handheld. And because Drew is a senior and life is busy, busy, and he's in was in the band to find any free time, we waited until he graduated, and then Drew and I have been <laughs> meeting and talking several times and planning this service. So what we didn't say up front is, in part because Drew's a musician, and in part because we're a church where music is important, all of the music, including that amazing yeah. rendition by Chris Powell, yeah. is all music that Drew chose for us. And so in our conversation, <laughs> 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 we could have made him play, but we thought, no, we want him to um, be thinking and talking. So what I want to say is there are two things about being a church. One is we raise up these children, and everything that happens in a church is part of the curriculum. So it's not just what you learn in Sunday school but how we greet you, and this is true for every single age. So the church itself, how welcoming you are, whether you trip on the sidewalk, how beautiful our flowers are, whether it's icy, is all curriculum. So since Drew has been here since age six, we kind of like to lay clay to him. (laughs) Even though, and we'll talk about this a little bit, he transitioned from being part of, uh, in our religious education, to actually taking care of children and increasingly showed how mature and smart and wonderful he was with the kids and now we've just promoted him to child care coordinator. So he's um, been wonderful. And the other thing is we've been learning through our community um, organizing work with action that our job is to always be looking for leadership Always in every single committee and every single thing we do. And not necessarily the big outspoken leader, but someone who can remain calm in the face of chaos or whatever. That that's our job. And that people who are here, even though they may have been professionals in life, executive directors, CEOs, we all still have something to learn about what it means to be in a community and to show leadership. So... Drew and I have had a series of conversations, and we've even semi-sorta kinda rehearsed this, (laughs) but come up with a list of questions, and Susan will pop in and ask questions, and we're going to limit ourselves to 20 minutes, I swear, so I may wrap us up or cut you short. But we're going to start with, well, why did you make us listen to No Rain? What was that about? No Rain. now, like I said earlier, I, I'm a huge fan of metal and rock, but like, there's something that really spoke to me about that song. And um, I, you know, I did some research, and it was actually um, the bass player of Blind Melon. His girlfriend was really struggling with depression, and um, and he wrote that song about depression. But ironically, it's written in a major key. It's very happy. It's very uplifting, and um, that's kind of like the play that musicians like to take on that. But uh, um, I don't know. It's it's really spoke to me as like, um, you know, I shouldn't be complaining that there isn't rain. I don't like to uh, create problems for myself. 
um, that's a lot of what the song is about. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it just kind of reminds me to keep a positive outlook, even when it's not raining, you know, <laughs> when everything's going right and nothing's going wrong. Keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, since you did come here at six, can you tell us what it was like when you first came or what you remember? Or I remember walking into the sanctuary for the first time, and it was huge. It's a lot smaller now, actually. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and uh, I remember going downstairs, meeting new people, making new friends. Um, I, I just, you know, from being just downstairs and running around to the cabin and, you know, coming up here um, every so often, I've seen a lot of, you know, familiar faces, a lot of new faces. And um, I don't know, it's just really nice to see things, I guess, evolve. Not change, but evolve. Well, how have you evolved? We, we've talked, we talked a little bit about um, your religious beliefs and then some things changed for you in middle school. And Yeah. Well, um, I guess when I was very young, you know, I think I, actually, I went to All Souls before I actually came here, believe it or not. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was, that was like before. I was, um, but, uh, you know, my mom kind of liked keeping things, you know, very general, I guess you could say. Um, my dad claims that uh, he's a pedestrian. You know, he takes no part in <laughs> religion of any kind. And, um, but, you know, I grew up with uh, science encyclopedias and um, all these nonfiction books. And, you know, I'd kind of go through life, and I, I kind of developed a sense of a- atheism is what it started out as. And uh, um, I'd go through school just kind of thinking that way. And in middle school is when it was really bad. Um, you know, I, I had kids telling me that I was going to go to hell for my beliefs. And, uh, you know, I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> and, uh, you know, is that how you handled it? <laughs> yeah, that is how I handled it, yeah. And, um, you know, my friends, they thought it was very abstract at first, but they really, uh, they opened up to the whole idea. And um, what's funny is now some of them share the same beliefs as me, ironically. I think that's funny. Um, but uh, now I've... Uh, I guess in my experience here, too, I've noticed that things in my life happen to be very peculiar. Um, there's a lot of strange coincidences that one thing that I will learn today will help me. Maybe months from now. You never know. And, um, and then I started to believe that everything is kind of connected in a very interesting way, and not just everything, but people, too. The fact that we're alive is something extraordinary. And um, I think all living things on this earth are connected in a way we don't quite understand just yet. But there is some meaning uh, behind being alive. I think that's good. <laughs> so, can, is my mic on? I'm not sure that it is or does not. Hold it up. Oh. Is it on? Let me. No. Oh. Now it's on. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, part of what you did while you were here and being educated and, or maybe uneducated in religious <laughs> education, I'm not sure that's what it is, deciding who you were, um, you got to go on a trip to Boston. I did. And that was part of the coming of age process that we have for our youth. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about what your experience was? Um, first of all, I just love traveling. I, I really enjoyed um, going to Boston. That was a new place. I'd never been um, that far up north, actually, or that far east, so that was cool. Um, and I guess uh, 
we went to a lot of Unitarian hotspots, per se. We also went to a Salem witch trial thing. That was kind of cool, but uh, <laughs> kind of different. But uh, um, No, I, uh, I was in eighth grade at that time, and um, I was still trying to get a grasp on, like, that's when I started noticing my peculiar coincidences and whatnot. And um, probably, like, my most impactful thing from that was we went to uh, Thoreau's cabin in the middle of the woods, and um, it, was, it was really tiny, you know, just man living by himself with all essentials, like with no space really, just a desk and a bed. And um, and he chose to live out there in the middle of the woods, and I thought that, that was very interesting to me. Um, it's relatable, actually, too, in a kind of a way. Um, but uh, I really thought that was very interesting. Um, and then, to give you a sense of my peculiar coincidences, this last year, I had to write a paper on tiny homes, and then, <laughs> and then I wrote a paper about civil disobedience, which is a work that Thoreau wrote. So it's like, it was just very weird to me, um, but it's cool. Yeah, I learned a lot about myself, I guess, what I value on that, on that trip. That's great. Yeah. Speaking of values, what's important to you? What's important to me? Probably the number one thing that is most important to me is my family. I absolutely love my family. Um, Can I stand up, please? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Throughout my years, my family has only grown, like, almost exponentially, I think. And uh, I don't know. I, I love every single one of them. Um, I learned at a very young age how important family can be because, you know, uh, you can lose somebody really quick and before you even get to know them. And I, uh, hmm. I think it's important to keep them close. And I really uh, value my friends, too. Uh, I view them like I view my family, in a way. Um, we're recording for your dad. Would you like yeah. to say hi to him? Hey, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> my dad lives in Miami, Florida. Just let everybody know. Well, and when you and I talked, there were three people. I said, who, who are your role models or your mentors and... You had yeah. three without yeah. a problem. Yeah. Tell us about them. My first one is my mom. My second one is my dad. And my third one is my nana. It's my mom's mom. Um, I'll start with my mom. I don't want to make her cry, though. Oh, let's, let's, <laughs> let's thoroughly embarrass her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's thoroughly embarrass yeah. her. My mom is probably the strongest person I know. Um, she taught me kind of what it, or not how, but she just showed me um, what it, like to endure, to be able to handle everything, keep everything under control, and still uh, be smiling out of the outcome. <laughs> but uh, she's such a good person. She's made me a good person. Uh, if you want. Sorry. Um, my dad, <clears throat> at a very young age, you know, he's a construction manager. And uh, he bought me Legos. That's all I had, really. Um, and uh, they were fun. You know, he, uh, he taught me, um, if you really work hard at something, you put time and effort behind it, you can really make anything possible. And he's built some things that are crazy. And uh, he really showed me that it's possible. I like uh, to show other people that things are possible, too, you know. And uh, from my, uh, my nana, um, she's so wise. I spent a lot of time with her um, and, and my cousins. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, 
you know, she was always teaching us, uh, you know, good manners go a long way, you know, respect. She taught me a lot of, you know, and obviously my mom and dad did too, but I just, you know, once your grandmother, <laughs> she, you know, enforced it more, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, no, she, I see a lot of myself in her, and from a very young age, she always, not, not pushed me, but encouraged me to uh, go very far. Cause she really, really believes in me. Um, you know, she's buying me, like, engineering books for Christmas and stuff like that. So I kind of was like, okay, I, I get this. <laughs> but uh, that's, and, you know, from the very beginning, she told me that I have a wise soul once. And I, you know, that's really, that really struck me. It made me feel really good. So, yeah, um, those are the three people. <laughs> Just so... There are parents here. There are youth here. Um, you're the one that often gets asked the questions as you're pushing someone in the swing or climbing with them about life. So how do you talk to our children? What's important that you share with them? Well, um, I really do think um, fun is probably one of the most important things for kids and even adults. Like, everybody should have fun. You know, that's, that's one thing that I always tried to do when I was little was make fun out of nothing. So that way you can, you know, be happy, you know. I like having fun, and that makes me happy. I think anybody having fun would be happy. Um, and that's what, you know, as long as the kids are happy, then I think they're set. And do you want to say anything to our parents who leave their children in your uh, hands? And he does know a lot about you from your children. I, I do, so actually, you know. believe it or not. <laughs> um, I guess maybe, I don't know how to put this, I guess, easily. Don't control too much about your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, Unitarians are very good about this, too, about kind of being a guide or a coach to life, you know. Don't make all their decisions for them. I have a very close friend of mine whose parents have done literally everything for him since he's like, since I met him, and um, and now we graduated, and it's hard for him to function on his own. Um, he's he's working on it, but I think you know, giving your kid freedom to kind of grow and figure things out for themselves, it gives them like. Uh, first-hand experience, not second-hand experience. Like, you know, hey, don't touch that stove. That's hot. If they touch it and it's hot, I believe, I'll tell you right now, they will never touch it again <laughs> <laughs> after they touch it. So, but actually, don't let them touch stoves, though. Like, that's, that's okay to do second-hand. <laughs> that was just an example. But, uh, yeah. That's right. We yeah. have knives Sunday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pyro Sunday. No, um. So um, some of the children, most of the children are downstairs. Um, but I want you all to know that they love Drew. They honestly, really and truly love Drew. I, yeah. Um, and he plays with them. He nurtures them. And um, I'm sorry they can't be with us, but they just can't sit still for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so they are... Um, on the other side of the church, doing what they do best. Yeah, having fun. Well, and I, I did set you up and say you are a millennial and <laughs> often get a bad rap. So as long as you've talked to some of the children and youth and you've talked to the parents, is there anything you would say to us elders? 
uh, that's about what one. it means to be <laughs> your age or navigating My this complicated world. Yeah, um, man, being a millennial, that, that really it could be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, <laughs> it really does go both ways. Um, me, personally, I don't use social media too often. Um, I usually use it just to keep up with my family, um, uh, the ones that are further away, at least, um, and some of my friends. But, uh, you know, the Internet's a really useful tool um, whenever you're staying up late and you have a paper due the next day. And um, I, I really come to value technology in that sense. Um, you know, marching band took up a lot of my time, but um, now that I have more time, and I've actually worked a lot more, so I have more money, I bought a computer, and I have been gaming on that computer a lot, and it is, I will say that that has been nice, um, but, uh, you know, there are people who let themselves get carried away with it, and uh, that's when it becomes a problem, when it distracts you from the real world, you know, I, it's hard for me to just, you know, set down my, my stuff and then go to work or come here, and, but, you know, it's worth it. It's it's enjoyable. Um, I don't know. I guess it really just does go both ways. Being a millennial, <laughs> good rap and a bad rap. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to bring you back around to the fact that um, when he went to Boston, that was a a tipping point at Hope Unitarian Church. There was a lot of turmoil on that particular trip, and then a lot of turmoil within the church in general. And so all of Drew's friends and some of his teachers left. But Drew has stayed, and that interests me. So I've asked him, what, what made you, why are you, why are you still here? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Um, I don't know. I've, at that point, I've I been here for quite a while, and um, I think it was, it was close to 10 years, maybe a little less. But uh, I know I've, I've really just come habituated up here. Like, you know, I've, I really... <laughs> I like coming here. I like the atmosphere. I like the community. I, uh, I don't know. It was just it'd be different to just all of a sudden stop coming up here. And I don't want to say I'm a pushover, but like I'm a pretty easygoing person. So like I, I kind of let a lot of things slide. So nothing really got to me too bad uh, that whole experience. Um, but uh, I did learn a lot from it. I'm you know. Say more about that. Um, I guess you know I, I like to don't I sorry I don't like to hold on to problems um, I don't like to hold on to things I will remember because I really do think that you know things that go bad you can't just forget about we do have to live with those things but you don't have to hold on to them personally I guess um, you just yeah you just let go you forgive you know they say forgive and forget but I say forgive but still rem- you know remember. Um, just because that's what made you who you are now. You know, it doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. What makes you mad will make you mad for a while until you get over it, and then you've learned something in the end. So uh, that's kind of how that all went for me. So I have two more questions, but I want to make sure, Susan, you if there's a burning question you have. The youth sat in the back this morning for some reason. <laughs> Identify yourselves. Identify yourselves. Raise your hand. Do something funky. Yay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Drew, looking back four or five years, what would you tell those folks in the back row? Um, don't lose your sense of imagination. Um, don't get bogged down on, um, I guess, the cycle 
of life. So you'll soon find yourself in just a repetitive work, school, sleep. School, work, sleep. Work, week, or work, school, work, little bit of sleep. <laughs> and then more. And uh, just try to keep your chin up and um, you know, don't lose your imagination because it can dwindle from that. And uh, I think that's what makes people unique. So, yeah. Well, I'll riff off of imagination because yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to sing Imagine, yeah. a, a song that Drew wanted us to sing, but mm. it has special meaning to him. It so I'm going to set you up, Drew. Okay. Tell us about it Imagine. It does have special meaning to me. When I was a freshman, um, it was my first year in marching band. We actually went to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and that was a lot of fun. It was really, really cold. My hands were frozen, but I had a good time. Um, part of that, we went to Central Park, and we went to the Strawberry Fields Memorial for John Lennon. And, um, and you know, it's just a big mosaic memorial, and right in the center it says, Imagine. And, um, and every so often, people would come over, and they would make peace signs out of flowers, any kind of flowers. And, they just, and I, that was so moving to me. Um, it kind of gave me, like, a new sense of hope in the world. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I liked the song Imagine. I'd heard it before, and then I'd kind of go back and listen to it. And um, as much as I really like John Lennon's words, too, I really do think imagination, just in general, is very important to people. You know, that's what I learned as a kid with Legos. You can build anything. Um, with your imagination, you can create fun out of nothing. Um, so I really, I'm, uh, the word imagine is really, really important to me. And um, How important? <laughs> oh man I'm 18 my parents are very very um, I guess um, you know that they don't control as much like I said they've given me my, my freedom my room to grow and as a birthday gift for my 18th birthday my mother paid for a tattoo so I have a tattoo on my chest I will show you guys and it says imagine <laughs> on it right here it says imagine and yeah so <laughs> That's how important that word is to me. So, <laughs> yeah. That was a fun Sunday morning when Drew came in and showed me his tattoo. We got to hear all about the casino. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. Yeah. And every young man should do that on his 18th yeah, yeah. If he's so moved. Yeah. Um, so I like to talk about spiritual practices. And I yeah. think all of us have them. We may yeah. or may not recognize it. But what keeps you focused and centered? Focused and centered. Um, well, I guess if you want to put spiritual practices, um, when I was younger, uh, I used to meditate a lot with my Nana. You know, um, and she had a room specifically for meditation, also timeouts. I spent time in there for both. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I, when I was young, I didn't really understand the point of it. I was a very hyperactive kid, um, so it was nice to kind of just sit down and be quiet, um, kind of just think. And as I've gotten older, I don't, I didn't have a lot of that time to sit down and think. So I, I would sit there and I'd kind of, I would meditate. Not I wouldn't light a candle or a chalice or anything like that. I would just kind of sit there and think. But, um, you know, uh, in other manners too, like after I've had a just a rough, rough day or something, you know, I'm, I like to play the guitar. I've been playing the guitar for a very long time now. And, um, you know, I, I'd pick that up and then I'd find myself playing for like four hours. And I'd get lost just, you know, playing on it. And it's, um, that's really nice. Um, that's a sort of meditation for me. Um, and then, too, I guess uh, when I was in marching band and even so recently, um, I played the snare drum. And to play the snare drum, you have to be loud. I, I'm good at being loud. 
And um, after, you know, I was just mad at school, it's nice to go to marching band and just wail on my drum and put all my energy into that. And in a sense, that was kind of a meditation for me too because we literally sit there and stare at the wall and we're just playing for hours and you kind of get lost in it. You don't really see through your eyes anymore. You kind of see through your hands and your mind. It's just peaceful, actually, believe it or not. It's, it's weird to say that this is peaceful, but, yeah, it's nice. Well, can you tell us um, what your plans are after, now that you've graduated, and then I'll, if there's anything else you want to say to wrap up? All right. Um, my plans for after graduating. I'm going to go to TCC, which is like 81st and Garnett, so it's not too far. I'll still be here for like another two years. <laughs> um, free just sounds nice to me, so I was like, all right. Um, I'm going to be doing biotechnology um, at TCC, um, and I guess I'll explain a little bit of that. Um, obviously, bio means life, technology. We have technology. Um, using aspects of life to maybe better our world or help improve it. Um, there's a lot of uh, environmental things um, that involve, like, they're trying to teach bacteria how to eat oil. That's the, an environmentally safe cleanup. You know, that's, that's biotechnology. Um, growing organs, like, uh, out of cells from a pig or a mouse, that's biotechnology. Um, just stuff like that. I really like helping people, and um, I just like seeing people smile, so, like, it would be nice to kind of give back. I've, I feel like I'm a very lucky person, and I feel like it just wouldn't be right to not try and do something for everybody because, I don't know, maybe I feel guilty or something like that, I don't know. But uh, and then after TCC, I'll probably go to OSU uh, I, or maybe do like some type of biological science there. I really want to get into the genetics because genetics and biotech really go hand in hand and if I can do genetics, I think that would be, be good for me. So, Is there yeah. anything you want to say to wrap up? Anything you want to say to wrap up? Um, again, thank you all so much. Um, I appreciate this. It's all about me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, um, no, it really does mean a lot. I've been here for a very long time, and uh, I don't know. I This church has a special place in my heart, so I'll just put it that way. Every one of you guys do, too. I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't know if I've met all of you. I definitely have seen all of you, um, but... Uh, you all sit in a good spot with me, so. <laughs> May it be so. Yeah. Woo! Thank you. Before oh, wow. we split up. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh. We, have a, we have a little something for Drew. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's see what's okay. So I'm going to kind of open your gift for you. That's okay. So this is the first thing you need to open. Okay. Okay. All righty. And you'll notice that people have signed it. Like yeah, that. yeah. And um, for those of you who don't know, Union colors are red and white. Yeah. I have a red pencil. <laughs> if anybody would like to commemorate, Thank say you. something, yeah. write your name, whatever, that is for that. Thank you. And you'll probably be able to figure out the rest. <laughs>
Alright, well, should I open it now? Or <laughs> Alright. There's a lot of cards in here, too. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I really do. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thank you all so much. I really do appreciate all this. I don't deserve it. Like I said, <laughs> I'm too lucky. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Come join it. Bring your chairs back up. Yeah. Um, we give our offering away every single Sunday. And it goes to CASA, court-appointed special advocate this month. Give very generously. 